Welcome to Potter Revisited, episode 33. Today we are covering chapter 15 of Chamber of Secrets, Aragog. Or, as we like to call it, arachnophobia. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with Ron in this whole chapter that spiders are like, just a big, a big no, burn the house down. Mm -hmm. I don't like spiders. I like snakes. I like frogs, ghosts, sure. But not spiders, no thank you. So starting off with this chapter, it's just kind of like Dumbledore's been ousted by the gover the governors of the school. The, the government, no. <laughs> by the government, yeah, the government's like, out with you, sir. The government's actually with Dumbledore at this point. But um, yeah, so there's kind of like this really big like feeling of dread in like the castle, despite the fact that it's summer. Everyone's very scared, and all the teachers are very, like, tense and nervous. Except for good old Lockhart, of course, because everything is hunky-dory when you're Gilderoy Lockhart. I found it interesting, uh, Harry and Ron try to visit Hermione in the hospital wing, but Madame Pomfrey, like, won't let them in because she's under the view that, like, the person that tried to attack them will, like, come back and kill them. I mean, honestly, it makes sense. I mean, given the track record of Hogwarts, they do a terrible job of protecting their students. And once the students enter her infirmary, their safety becomes her responsibility. So she's like, as the only responsible adult in this entire building, I am actually going to look out for the people that are my responsibility. And so, like, good for her. Like, I feel like, yeah, correct choice. We had talked about how she's, like, kind of, like, the MVP of Hogwarts. Like, yep. the only, like, kind of, like, adult that actually... Only real responsible adult. Yeah. Only adult that really cares about the students. But I do find it interesting that that only happened after Dumbledore left. So, like, once Dumbledore left, they didn't feel... Like, even the teachers didn't feel safe anymore. Yeah. So they're not taking, like, any chances at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he's the... A, he's the person they can blame if something goes wrong because he's in charge, but also he's the one that dark wizards fear, you know? Now he's gone. They're kind of like, it was bad, and now he's gone. It's only going to get worse. The only one that doesn't care that Dumbledore's gone is Malfoy, who is being, like, the biggest shit ever. The biggest shit. Oh, he's so annoying. He's just walking around like he owns the place because his dad's a governor. Yeah. Finally, we got rid of Dumbledore. Yeah, he's like, I knew my dad would get rid of Dumbledore. And he's saying that he wants, like, a proper headmaster that will keep the Chamber of Secrets open. And I'm just like, you idiot. Like, in this political climate, that would never happen. Yeah. And also, like, Severus Snape, though he's laughing about it, does not want to be headmaster. Like, that's not something he would enjoy. It's not something that would make him happy. I just don't think he wants to have to deal with that crap. I think he's smirking about how much of a kiss-ass Draco is, sitting there like, you're the best. You could be headmaster. I'll tell father you're the best teacher here. I'll give you a good review on Yelp. And, like, this is coming from me, and we know how I feel about Snape. I will give him a good review on Yelp. But... Draco's just being a brat. You have heard that Seamus throwing up or pretending to throw up about State being headmaster? <laughs> yeah. Here's Seamus in the background vomiting because Draco's kissing so much Snape ass. He's like, oh, oh. I do find it interesting that Snape's really only a teacher because he's doing like spy stuff for Dumbledore and then he becomes headmaster because he's doing spy stuff for Voldemort. Yeah. He just like, <laughs> he's he really hates his job. He really is like... He's like, I don't want to be here. I still don't want to be here. Stop promoting me. I don't want to be here. You know when you're so good at your fake job that you just can't get out of it? That's got to be hard. So while they're in the potions classroom, uh, Malfoy like, keeps being like, I wonder who's going to die. 
pity it wasn't Granger, and Ron's, like, being held back for trying to attack him. So you have Malfoy, who's literally, like, wishing murder on one of his peers, which, very, I don't know, insane to read as an adult. And then I do like how we have Ron, like, sticking up for Hermione because she's there to defend herself. And, like, you don't get this in, like, the movies or just generally in Ron's character in the movies. Yeah. Justice for this Ron. Yeah. They movie washed him, are they? Yeah. Because this Ron is great. And, like, in the moments when he's afraid and he's thinking about the things that live in the woods, like the foreshadowing about werewolves and all the terrible things, what makes him decide, yes, we're going, that moment of resolve is thinking about Hermione. You know, he's going to be brave for Hermione. I mentioned this later in my notes, but I do feel like Ron really uh, feels the absence of Hermione, which is very interesting comparing it to the previous book where, like, they were not really getting along. He got so used to having her around, he's like, I don't know how to do anything without her. Also, I like her, it turns out, but on top of that, I can't do things. Plus, they have one wand now. When you think about the things they have to go and do without Hermione, they have one functional wand. Oh, yes. <laughs> that liability. Well, moving into the herbology uh, lesson, Ernie finally admits that he was wrong to assume it was Harry, and he apologizes. And um, he says that he knew Harry would never attack Hermione, but I'm thinking... Did he think that Hermione would be hanging around the heir of Slytherin? Like, it's just so... <laughs> like, his whole premise for, like, thinking it was Harry was just, I don't know, it was just very circumstantial. Suspicious. <laughs> Harry was just being suspicious. Yeah, it wasn't... And it was just, like, based on his character or anything. Like, yeah. It is stupid. And I find it funny that Harry forgives him because he's like, yeah, whatever. Harry's got bigger fish to fry. But Ron will not. Ron's like really short with him and he's like holding a grudge on Harry's behalf. As good friends should. Just because one friend is a bigger person doesn't mean the other friend can't take joy in being the aggressive smaller person. <laughs> you know? Someone should still be mad about that. I also think that like, I kind of get it in like a 12 year old sense of understanding of things. Like, I don't know Harry Potter that well personally. He's being very shady. He could have done it. But one of the few things you do know about Harry Potter is who his friends are and who he always hangs out with. So, like, they might not have thought too much about, oh, would the heir of Slytherin hang out with Hermione? Because they're just like, Harry might be the heir of Slytherin. Also, sometimes Harry hangs out with Hermione. But, like, once that thing they're so used to seeing, which is Harry being around Hermione, goes away, they're sort of like, oh, wait. You know, like, it's more noticeable to them the absence of something that they became used to. And that's when they truly realize that, like, Harry wouldn't do that to himself. What is he going to do without Hermione? How is he going to pass his classes? Who's going to take good notes? Yeah, I do find it interesting that, like, obviously Harry was acting kind of shady. Like, but he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I do find it really funny that Ernie's like, you know, that Draco Malfoy character, I think he's behind it. And Ron's just like, oh, really now? <laughs> like... So deadpan. Wow. Only a few weeks late on that suspicion there, bud. <laughs> and then they go into their defense against the art dark arts class, and Lockhart is super joyful and joyous, and he's like, why are you down? Hagrid has been arrested. He obviously did it. Everything's fine now. It's another glorious, beautiful day if you're Gilderoy Lockhart. I do find it interesting, because Dean actually sticks up for Hagrid, and he's like, because... Lockhart says that Hagrid's obviously guilty because the minister arrested him, and Dean's like, well, like, assumed to be, like, he's not, like, convicted or anything. So I feel like a lot of the Gryffindors feel really close to Hagrid. It's not just uh, 
Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Okay, I feel like Hagrid, I mean, we only get things from Harry's perspective, but Hagrid's friendly and, like, clearly has a special friendship with Harry, Hermione, and Ron, but I could totally see him offering bad rock cakes and, like, bonding with other students, particularly if they're going through something or they seem like they're left out. Like, if the man can be friends with spiders, I suppose he can put up with a few 12-year-olds. can be friends with anyone. But yeah, uh, when he's insulting uh, Lockhart, Harry is, like, resisting the urge to throw a book at him. I'm like, you should have done it. You should have done it. Should have thrown a book at him. Totally should have thrown a book at him. I just like Lockhart makes me so mad. Like he frustrates me so dearly to like be going through this. Everyone has trauma. People are in the hospital. Everyone feels unsafe, and he's just like, no, no. The government and the police are on it. They'd only do the right thing. This is gonna go perfectly. There's no fear because somebody in politics has decided that it is resolved and therefore it simply must be and i'm like huh i do find it very interesting that he's like oh the the minister wouldn't have arrested hagrid if he wasn't 100 percent sure he was guilty and we know from the last chapter that cornelius only arrested him because he wanted to appear like he was doing something yeah he doesn't think hagrid's guilty he's like i just have to take him because i can't look like i'm not doing anything it's all about him and it's funny how like bad lockhart is as at identifying like politicians doing politics things because he's basically a politician himself in the fact that everything he does is for his own public yeah. relations to make himself look good to make himself look like the hero so like he lives life like a politician but can't see that in other people because he's so isolated in how he views the world like he's so the center of it that he forgets other people have like depth and more to them than face value kind of what a guy what a guy we do have this really sweet moment where harry's kind of like to ron like we need seasons so being like we need to go after the spiders tonight because that's our only lead and ron who is definitely afraid of spiders like it's a real phobia and i think it's kind of overlooked in the book and the movie for laughs but like it's a real phobia yeah and he agrees because he he, had, he looks over at hermione's desk and he feels like he's doing it for like friendship and stuff and it's really overlooked, but like how overcoming or facing your fears, kind of what Neville did in the last book, like it's played for last in the movie, but like it takes a lot of courage to be able to face something that you're deathly afraid of. And they did it. Yeah. And to go, go for it. So sort of ill prepared, you know, like you said, they only have one wand because Ron's wand does not they have work. One <laughs> wand and together they're almost one competent junior wizard. <laughs> like they're not exactly a. How many spells do they know at this point? One. Lumos? Definitely Lumos. <laughs> <laughs> so they get the cloak and they sneak off to Hagrid's and Fang is apparently just locked in the house by himself. Well, I mean, they were supposed to be feeding him. Right? But I don't think they were because they were on lockdown being overly supervised by the teachers. So poor Fang is A, and starving. B, has to pee so bad. Like, the moment I read that part as a dog owner, I'm like, oh, that dog's gotta pee. <laughs> that dog's gotta pee so bad. Yeah, and they feed him fudge to keep him quiet. But That's not what dogs should be eating. Also, like, fudge in general, not good for dogs. Specifically if it's chocolate, very not good for dogs. Very not good if it's Hagrid's cooking. Yeah, also Hagrid's cooking is good for nobody, exactly. So it's pretty reckless. They should be feeding him real food. Poor Fang. And also they gave him the fudge to get his mouth to shut. Like, that poor dog has been alone, hasn't been let out, hasn't been given any attention or belly rubs. And now they're trying to, like, just get him to shut up without love. And he's taken on this wild adventure where he's probably traumatized. <laughs> 
He wants no part of it. First, he's like, walkies. He's like, I'm going to go pee on this tree. Yeah, all they say is, oh, Fang, we're going to take you for a walk. <laughs> a walk through hell. We're going to have the best time. And he's accosted by spiders. And we don't even know if he likes the car and he has to go in the car. Some dogs don't like the car. So it's just all trauma. So they head into the forest. And it's actually Ron's first time being in the forest. So just going through Harry, sharing his wand because Ron's like, yeah, probably I shouldn't light my wand because it might explode. Why did they just get like, a, do they not have like flashlights or torches hanging around Hogwarts? I guess not if you're supposed to have a wand. <laughs> what if you're a first year and you have to go pee at night and you don't know Lumos because yet because you're a first year and it's dark. And you walk through the dark. <laughs> Scary. Yep, Hogwarts is terrible. But walking through the forest, they hear something and they think it's a creature and they're all scared and it turns out to be the car. That's been in the forest, it's, it's the, like the whole time. And it's all like sentient. Like it, it was sentient before, but now it's like wild, Ron describes it as. And it just, it's the funniest thing. Like the car has gone wild living in the forest. Like it's like an actual like creature now. Good for the car. He's living his best life. He's living life. Never has to pay for parking in the forest, you know? Never has to parallel park. Probably not too bad a lifestyle for a car. He could probably get on well with the centaur. It seems like the car also kind of recognizes them which is weird but i guess i mean that makes sense with the kind of magic and the car clearly has a bit of an attitude so if you have an attitude you have to have a personality to me which involves being able to form memories and opinions so well it does come back for them so it must have some kind of attachment but um yeah Right where they notice the car is where they get ambushed by these giant spiders. And Ron before was like kind of like behind Harry, not really too enthused about following the spiders. So he doesn't like them. And this moment, he's just kind of paralyzed in fear because honestly, this is some kind of like weird kind of immersion therapy that's happening right now. Yeah, it's uh, traumatizing. It's And they write it very well. Like, it's scary. Like, I'm reading it and I'm like, I know they're giant spiders. And like, when they get to like, the opening in the woods where there's just spiders everywhere that are gigantic. I'm just like, I am a grown up who's read it before and I'm like stressed. Yeah, I do remember when we first got this movie back when it was on VHS, we used to fast forward this part because my sister and I did not like the spiders. I don't think I, like, our TV was so far from our couch back in VHS days. I think I was too lazy to get up, so I'd put up with it. <laughs> like, I was afraid of the spiders, but I was also lazy. And you guys gotta see, like, how much commitment it was to fast forward a VHS, because it was not simple. It was not, it was hard. Yeah, so they're brought into the hollow where Aragog lives, and like you say, it's generally my worst nightmare. Just a whole big gap full of spiders. And it's interesting because we get a little bit of, like, backstory. Like, A, Hagrid found Aragog and raised Aragog. And then released Aragog and found Aragog a wife. Which made me pause because I have questions. First of all, a wife. It's not like a mate so that Aragog can have a friend and babies. It's like a specifically a wife. Which implies marriage. Which makes me think either Aragog and this other giant spider had a wedding or they eloped, and I just, I'd like to see the justice of the peace at that elopement when these two gigantic eight-legged spiders come in. Just Hagrid standing there with like a handkerchief crying because it's so beautiful. Yeah, when you wrote that, no, I reread it and I checked both my copies because I have like a newer Scholastic copy that's American, and then I have like my original ones, and I, th I swore I thought it was mate, but maybe they, maybe it's just like, I don't know, I, mean, I think it should be mate, but maybe they put wife because they didn't think kids could connect, like, the difference between mate and, like, wife as, like, a partnership. In the British people land and language, mate is, like, pal or friend, so, like, maybe it had to intentionally not be used because of its, 
Like, oh, he found me a mate. Oh, he found you a friend. Okay, where did all these tiny spiders come from? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I'm just, like, the mental image of, like, this this giant acromantula wedding is, uh, just the centaurs are there shooting arrows with, like, pink streamers into the sky. It's beautiful. I wonder if it'd be as interesting as the funeral. They've kidnapped the Justice of the Peach to get him there. He's, like, wrapped up in acromantula webs, like, reading from the book. Harry's kind of, like, dropped in and... Aragog's like, whatever, you can kill them. I was sleeping. Why'd you wake me up, you stupid kids? And Harry's like, no, wait, we're friends of Hagrid's. And he sits on the floor because he doesn't think he could stand. And Ron's just like frozen in fear, which brings back the whole idea of like immersion therapy is done, can work if it's done, you know, in intervals. Not like this. So Ron's traumatized. I don't blame him. This is that parents throwing their babies into the lake and hoping they learn how to swim type level of immersion like he's dying yeah interesting so uh hey he has a backstory where he says hagrid like got him from a traveler and i'm just thinking hagrid was about like 13 when he got aragog so like did some he meets some random guy in like hogsmeade and like he's like here kid here's a here kid have an egg <laughs> i mean hagrid is a weird guy i feel like he definitely is likely to seek out weird people who will have things like an egg I wonder if... We think that he went to the hog's head. <laughs> yeah, my theory is kind of like he's 13, but he's 7 foot 4, so he's already drinking in the pub, <laughs> because <laughs> that would explain some things. And and the stranger sits down, and because Hagrid is friendly and drinking, they chat, and the stranger thinks he's talking to another like adult, <laughs> and somehow is like, oh, I've got some weird stuff from my travels, and Hagrid's like, oh, show me. And then he just says, you know what? Like, you know, if you like went on a trip to the beach or like to Mexico or Florida as a kid and you'd come back and you wouldn't have money so you wouldn't have brought your friends souvenirs but maybe you had a bunch of like cute rocks from the beach you brought back for them or like seashells maybe that's what the eggs were like for this guy he's like here have this weird egg I found in Tibet I do like the idea of Hagrid just like sneaking into like the hog's head when everyone else is like at the three broomsticks and like getting served and then Alba Forrest just chilling there being like Belle is this <laughs> And you're tall. <laughs> There's like, stop serving my students liquor. And he's like, that's a student? Okay, Albus, whatever you say. And then he gets certain joy out of doing it, knowing it would piss Albus off. It's probably how it went. <laughs> or maybe he won it in a game of cards. You know, maybe like he won the egg in a game of cards. It seems like something that would happen to Hagrid. Yeah, but we do kind of see the appreciation. Like this creature like loves Hagrid and it's like devotes his life around Hagrid and it doesn't care about other humans. I don't know if it loves Hagrid. It appreciates and respects Hagrid. It, uh, you know. Well, like, he is angry, like, on Hagrid's behalf. Like, Harry tells him that he's been arrested for opening the Chamber of Secrets and he's like, that's a lie. He never did it. And he's just, it's like, they did this last time and they were wrong and he's just very upset on Hagrid's behalf. So, like. Yeah. He definitely cares about Hagrid, but, like, it would completely destroy Hagrid if Harry, Hermione, and Ron were eaten by spiders, so I feel like he doesn't care about Hagrid that much. Well, he cares about Hagrid, but Hagrid only. Yeah, so not Hagrid's happiness, but his physical body. He's allowed to continue to exist. That'll make Spider-Boy happy, but... Well, he's a monster, or I guess a creature, so, like, he doesn't like humans by nature, but he Hagrid raised him. I mean, same, but I'm not gonna eat them. <laughs> Well, that's just their nature. So yeah, Harry is kind of like talking, shooting the shit with the spider and gets all this background info. <laughs> just like, oh yeah, Hagrid's my, my best friend. I love him. I love his, his fudge. And Harry's kind of like, you know, like, okay, thank, glad to know it wasn't Hagrid. We're going to go now. And he's like, haha, you thought. <laughs> nice seeing you. Have a good afternoon. Bye. 
Yeah, so they were going to about to be uh, spider food, and Harry actually, it was really funny, it describes him as wanting to stand up and get, like, his stance ready. He knows he's going to die, but he wants to die fighting, which is so Gryffindor, so Harry. Yeah, classic Potter. We Slytherins would be, like, trying to come up with a plan. We'd be like, you think we're delicious. What if we tricked seven other students to come here and get eaten instead of us? You'd be so much more full. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's what I'd be. I don't know if I'd actually bring them to get eaten, but I'd certainly be trying to talk my way out of it. It's just so hairy to me that, like, all throughout the series, like, whenever he almost dies, he's, like, he, he he's very much, like, ready to die, but he has, like, a way he wants to die. He's, like... It's like he's already living on borrowed time, kind of, in his own mind, so he's, like, well... I'm gonna die, but I want to die like a hero. I'm not gonna die cowering. Yeah, so he gets ready to, like is like only spell he knows he knows he, he's not gonna win but he's like thinking of like spells to use that but he knows he's gonna die and then out of nowhere the car comes for them car so the car apparently has forgiven them for the whomping willow incident and they are rescued or it's kind of like it kind of like annoyed but fond of them you know kind of like oh you rascals always getting into trouble can't you just stay where I put you, <laughs> you know? So Ron is actually able to move at this point because Harry's just kind of like, get Fang and, the, and get in the car and Ron moves. Thank you for getting Fang, by the way. They were like, I was like, you know, some people would have left Fang and Fang is important. But they felt like, no, Fang is important to Hagrid and they care about Hagrid, so. They would be villains if they left that dog in the woods. The entire franchise would change if they abandoned the dog they dragged into the woods to be eaten by spiders. So they are rescued from the forest by the car, and the car kind of throws them out back at Hagrid's house, and it goes back into its domain in the forest now, where it lives, apparently. And Fang is so done with them. He's like, I am out of here. You guys. Yeah, he, like, runs back into, like, the he- the house with his tail between his legs, like, traumatized, and Ron, and he goes, goes and throws up, and he's, like, super mad at Hagrid, and he's just, like... He's basically having, like, a panic attack almost. Like, he has all, like, the symptoms of having, like... Absolutely, yeah. He's definitely... I think he's the throwing up, the shaking. I mean, for sure, he's having a panic attack. Yeah, and he's upset because he feels like they went through... He went through all this trauma, and he's like, we didn't really learn anything besides the fact that Hagrid's innocent, and they already kind of felt like he was innocent. And also, there's some scary stuff in the woods. <laughs> like, actually. Never mind werewolves. I'll take a werewolf. That's fine. Ron goes back, and he kind of, like, bundles in his bed, and he's just kind of, like, trying to forget, which relatable like after a panic attack all you want to do is just kind of like disassociate so ron goes and he's just kind of like you know trying to forget that it's ever happened he's been through a big trauma and harry's just kind of thinking of all the information they got and he's upset because they're running out of like leads to follow and he wants to find who's doing this and help hermione he doesn't want it to become a cold case he compares the monster to a sort of monster voldemort as they won't say what it is which i found really funny a monster voldemort it's just a big nose it's the one part of Voldemort that isn't Voldemort. It's just a giant nose that eats people. Yeah, so Harry's like, oh, obviously Tom Riddle got the wrong person because there has to be multiple mo- monsters in the school. Not really thinking that, that Tom Riddle is like kind of devious or evil at this point. And he's like, so it obviously wasn't like, Aragog wasn't the creature, so Hagrid's innocent, so it had to be someone else. And he's kind of comparing, is it the same person who it was last time or is it someone different? kind of like a little bit of foreshadowing and at the end he connects the fact that a per- the person that died was found in a bathroom and who do they know who died in the bathroom good old moaning myrtle so it all kind of blends together at this point it's one of those late night thoughts you have i used to have to keep a notebook next to my bed if i woke up in the middle of the night with a really good idea <laughs> and then sometimes i'd wake up in the morning and i'd read it and i'd be like that what 
<laughs> like, what? Why would I smash up and crumple goldfish crackers on top of mac and cheese? That's crazy. Why was that what I thought at 3 a.m.? Those late night thoughts. But I do I do really like the idea of like how Harry kind of works it all together in his mind where he's just going through all like their leads and like where the information that they collected from him and where it kind of landed that he's able to jump to the conclusion like, oh, it must be Moni Myrtle. Unless other people had died in the bathrooms at Hogwarts, but that would have been a bit concerning. I mean, Hermione almost died in a bathroom at Hogwarts in first year, but... Well, that's the only person that he knows. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, it's a leap, but that's the only leap he has. And at this point, him and Ron are like desperate for any kind of information all right uh thanks for coming out listeners yeah thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll be back next time to discuss chapter 16 the chamber of secrets wow self-titled it's happening if you have any uh thoughts or opinions about the last few episodes you can email them to potter revisited podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on social media at potter revisited and we look forward to your feedback yeah have a good afternoon everybody and we'll see you next time as we dive into the very chamber of secrets itself the very chamber of secrets I, I, words are hard english is hard <laughs> The very, very chamber. <laughs> the very secret, secret chamber of secrets. <laughs> okay, I'm hanging up now. Bye. Bye.